0: Well today before we jump into the message why don't we just start off with with just some prayer today. Father, we thank you so much. God, you're so good. Lord, you are a good God and today we stand before you not not in pride but Lord in humility. God, we're not worthy. We're not worthy, Lord. We we need you. God, and when we see your greatness, when we see your goodness, we we realize how inadequate we are. But Lord, you you choose to use us. You choose to use your humble servants. And so, Lord, we thank you. Lord, may, may your word speak loudly today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, this week is Thanksgiving week. Thanksgiving week. Anybody excited for Thanksgiving this week? I mean, come on. Five of you are excited for Thanksgiving. That's all right. Uh, it's going to be a, a great week. Looking forward to it. A great time to celebrate. Remember how blessed we truly are because we are, we are so blessed. We are so blessed. We look around this world and, and uh, you know, just look at, at all the things and the freedoms that we have and, and even how God has blessed us with possessions or with family, and, and we are a very blessed people. And, and so, uh, you know, you've been planning and preparing, maybe you've got your, your list already of everything that needs to happen this Thursday to pull off a great dinner party on Thursday. And so today, uh, our message is entitled Dinner Party right, Dinner party. and uh, we're going to be looking at a dinner party in the Bible here in just a moment, but I want you uh, to just fast forward a couple days. All right. I want you to put yourself in Thursday mode, okay? Uh, just if you, if you stop and you think for just long enough, you can start to smell it, right? You know what I'm talking about? You, you've got uh, some fresh rolls coming out of the oven. Mm. you got mashed potatoes. Uh, maybe some corn, maybe green bean casserole with bacon on it. You know, you smell just bacon in the house. Uh, you've got—I I like the, the sweet potatoes with the melted marshmallows on top. Anybody do that? Uh, you got that coming out of the oven, and then of course you've got the—you know—you got the bird right coming out, just in all of its magnificence. And you just—you smell it. You slice it. It's like slicing the butter. It's just falling over. It's good stuff, right? Do you smell that yet? You there? But then. I mean the best part of all you got all that stuff in front of you gravy you know, it's just it's good and then you look over at the counter and and you just see a whole line of pies right oh, what's your favorite pie for thanksgiving pumpkin apple banana cream oh some pecan out there my, my favorite is chocolate I might be weird, but uh, man, just just the pies. I mean, oh, you can feel your 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 waistline extending already, right? You you've got all these different things. It's gonna be great. Now, I want you to imagine for a second, all right? That uh, between now and Thursday, you've got all your plans set, but between now and Thursday, something unexpected happens. All right, so imagine with me uh, for a moment that uh, tomorrow you go into work and you find out that. Uh, you're the CEO of your company the owner of your company is flying in right? They're flying in they're going to check on everything and and uh, see how everything's going So they, they come in They're They're doing their thing. Everybody's on their best behavior But then on Wednesday, they're supposed to fly out and on Wednesday this isn't I'm not predicting anything But on Wednesday a freak snowstorm comes in We I mean, were talking two feet of snow. I mean nobody's flying out of here so now the ceo of your company is is stuck here in in aberdeen and so you get a call from your boss and they say hey you know i know that uh you put on really good spread for thanksgiving and uh our ceo is stuck here and and uh i'm gonna have him come over to your house for thanksgiving would that be all right and you're thinking no but you're my boss. Yes. Okay. And, and so now you've got the CEO coming over to your house for Thanksgiving. An unexpected guest. You didn't know it. So now on top of just making sure that everything's good, making sure all the food's good, now you got to clean the house, right? you got to make sure that everything's good. Now instead of the paper plates you bought for this meal, now you've got to break out the fine china, right? you got to use cloth napkins, right? you to—you got to go all the way out. you got to be prepared for this thing. And so you work hard, you, you get everything ready, and much to your surprise, everything is going perfectly. I mean, the day, the morning of, that Thanksgiving morning, it comes, and uh, I mean, everything's going well. I mean, your kids all have good attitudes, you know, no one's crying or fighting, you know, everything's going perfect. All the food is being cooked to perfection. In fact, you've timed it out perfectly, and everything's going to be hot just when the CEO arrives, right? It's a good day. And so the the CEO comes just right on schedule and and he comes in and and, you know, pleasantries are exchanged, you know. Oh, what a beautiful house. Oh, it smells so good. Uh, you, you introduce him to the whole family. You, you got it. Everything is going perfect. I mean, you pull the the bird out of the oven, you set it down on the table and he's just, oh, this, this smells delicious. Everything's going great. And you think how could today be more perfect? This is we're impressing the CEO. We got to guess it. This is going to be great. You know, you you gather around the table and and you know you you go around and you say what you're thankful for and even the and nobody says anything sarcastic this time. I mean, everybody's on their best behavior. They actually say what they're thankful for and it's meaningful. And and, and you take time and you pray around the table and you start digging in and it's it's a great day. I mean, again. It, nothing everything's going perfectly and then all of a sudden you hear your front door open and you think that's strange we weren't expecting somebody else and the door closes behind them and your brain starts to wonder like well, who could that be you know if it was a stranger they would have knocked You know, what? what's going on? You know, hey, maybe this is, you know, my uncle from out of town. Maybe he got through the snow and, you know, he's surprised. Yeah, you didn't know what it was. But before this stranger gets into the dining room, before you ever see them, you smell them. And it's not a pleasant smell it's it's not very good it's it's kind of ruining the meal actually what is going on who is this and then all of a sudden you see this this figure appear and, and initially you don't recognize the face but as they they walk closer you 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 recognize them a little bit more they look a little bit familiar but they i mean their their clothes are are ruffled everything's torn I mean they it looks like they haven't taken a shower in a few weeks and again it's just like who who is this they seem familiar and and all of a sudden you recognize that that walk that that stumble really more so is you've seen them stumbling on the the streets before you've seen them coming out of the bar you've seen them on the sidewalk you think why is this person in my house and as they get closer to you you see their face and that face it it rings a bell cuz you've seen it in the paper before for different crimes they had committed and and, and you want to do something but you're just kind of shocked you're just kind of stunned what is this stranger doing in my house and of all the times when the ceo of the company is right here like we're entertaining a guest of honor like what is this person doing and you're not sure exactly what to do do you you, you confront the man? Do you, you know, do you take him down physically? Do you talk to him? Do you call the cops? What do you do? And and, and much to your chagrin, the, the man not only walks in, but he walks right over to the CEO, the guest of honor, and he does something unexpected. He sits down at his feet and just begins to cry. Now, that would be a strange dinner party, wouldn't it? I don't know if anybody has plans for something like that this week, but it, it's a story that is pretty similar to what happened in the Bible. So I want you to open up your Bibles to Luke chapter 7. Luke chapter 7, we're going to see something that happened that, that was quite similar. It, it was a dinner party unlike any that I have ever attended. And, and so we're going to be looking because uh, at, at this dinner party, Jesus was the guest of honor. Jesus was the guest of honor. And so in Luke 7, we, we see uh, a Pharisee, named simon we'll get to all this in a minute but invites jesus over to his house for a very special meal for a dinner party so luke chapter 7 verse 36 we'll be in and out of this quite a bit so make sure you keep your finger there in this this passage verse 36 is this when one of the pharisees invited jesus to have dinner with him jesus went to the pharisee's house and reclined at the table Verse 37 says, a woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume, and she stood behind him at his feet weeping. She began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. So we'll pause there for a moment. What a dinner party, right? Right? That one's just kind of unexpected here. Uh, we, we see three people that are mentioned in this passage. Uh, we see a Pharisee. Uh, the Pharisee, we later learn his name is Simon. And a Pharisee uh, is a, uh, in that day, in Jesus' day, a Pharisee was a teacher of the law. You know, they had studied their whole life, the Old Testament, all the scrolls, they'd gone through everything. And they tried to live their lives accordingly, uh, you know, to the word, to the commandments that God gave to Moses and, and to the prophets. They, they tried to do that. They tried to teach uh, other people how to, what was right from wrong. Uh, they were leaders of the synagogue. And, and this was someone who would have, you know, some high status. This was somebody who had some high status in the community in the town you know people looked up to them so to be invited to a pharisee's house would have been a special occasion it would have been an honor now we know not only jesus is at this event but you know several other people are are there as well and and so they're having a a great dinner party there that this pharisee has set up and he's invited the guest of honor he's invited jesus Now, it's a little bit interesting that Jesus would be invited over to a Pharisee's house. If you've read through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you'll notice that the Pharisees and Jesus don't tend to get along very well. Uh, The Pharisees are usually people that Jesus calls out for their hypocrisy. Uh, The Pharisees are typically trying to trap Jesus because they don't like Jesus. Because the reason why is... You know, here they have this high status of teaching the law, of doing all these things. They've got great crowds of people following them. They have disciples. People look up to them. But then all of a sudden, this Jesus character comes in, and he begins to teach something, you know, the same scripture, but, but a totally different interpretation in their eyes. And now all of a sudden, they see crowds of people. The people who used to follow them are now following Jesus, and they don't like that too much. They're, they're a little bit jealous of Jesus. They're constantly trying to, to trap him. And so it's interesting here that Simon the Pharisee would invite Jesus to his house as the guest of honor. You know, it kind of makes me wonder, were there any ulterior motives here? Well, lo and behold, partway through the meal, we see uh, the third character enter, which is a woman. Now, we don't know a lot about this woman. Uh, we don't know her name. The scripture never tells us that. But it does describe her lifestyle. She is a sinful woman that 's all we really know about her. She is a sinful woman who has a sinful life, and clearly she has a reputation around the town and it wasn 't a good one. Now it says that that uh, Simon the pharisee and, and jesus the the guest of honor they 're having this dinner, and you know everything's going well. And all the guests are pleased, but all of a sudden, in the middle of dinner, this sinful woman walks in. Walks in, and everybody's eyes are just kind of under like, what is she doing here? And she sits down at Jesus' feet, and she just begins to weep. So much so, so many tears, in fact, that she's able to wash Jesus' feet with them. Have you guys ever been to a Thanksgiving meal with a crying baby? It's not too pleasant right? You know, usually it's like, okay, I'll just, I'll take the baby out of the room for a while. I'll eat later. You know, it's, it's a distraction. There's a reason why there's a kid's table at Thanksgiving, right? And, and, and so, you know, you're, you're trying to make sure that there's no distractions, but here you've got this woman. She comes in and she's just weeping and she's weeping to the point that she has enough tears to wash Jesus's feet. Now put yourself in Simon's shoes for a minute in the Pharisee's shoes. Here you've prepared everything for your guest of honor. And partway through you have the, this, this woman who's known around town for her sin come in and starts weeping and just ruining everything. She's using her tears to wipe his feet. She's using her hair to dry it. She's, she's kissing his feet. She's dumping oil on his feet. I mean, what is going on? Why would you ruin it like this? So what's going through Simon's head at this point? You know, what, what is he thinking? If we could just pull back the picture, what's going on? Maybe he's angry at the woman for interrupting, right? Maybe he's, maybe he's jealous that Jesus is getting attention here, and he's not. You know, we, what was he thinking? Now, the nice thing is Scripture in the next verse actually pulls back the curtain a little bit, and we get to see precisely what Simon is thinking. He says in verse 39, when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, He said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who's touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. So it's interesting here, the Pharisee's thoughts. He sees this happen and all of a sudden his logical brain starts to kick in. How many of you know we can get into trouble when our logical brains start to kick in? And so he starts uh, rationalizing this here. He says, point number one. If Jesus were a prophet, then he'd know who this woman was, right? He'd know who's touching his feet. He he would know what's going on here. And if Jesus knew, you know, point number two, if Jesus knew who this woman was, if he knew how sinful she was, if he knew all these different things, then he wouldn't allow this to happen. So point number three, therefore, uh, or however, he's letting her touch his feet, so therefore... Jesus must not be a prophet, right? That's what he has come to in his mind. He has concluded that because Jesus uh, is allowing this to happen, because he should know that she's a sinful woman, he should not be allowing this to happen, but he's allowing it to happen, so therefore he must not be a prophet. So in one thought, in one thought, Simon labels Jesus as a fraud, and he labels this woman as a sinner. Now, again, Simon may actually be pleased that this is all happening because, again, the Pharisees and Jesus didn't see eye to eye. You know, maybe he thought, oh, this is my moment. I've got him. He's he's allowing this sinful woman to to touch his feet, to to do all these, like, we've got him. You know, I'm going to tell everybody that that he thinks, you know, he's a prophet, but clearly he's not, and this is going to be my ammunition to take Jesus down. But remember for a moment, this is all thought. Right? This is all just what's going on in Simon's head. He hasn't said a word. He hasn't uttered a word out loud. You know, perhaps he had an eyebrow raise or a puzzled expression. But he hasn't said anything. And in that moment, Jesus responds to Simon's thoughts. We see this in verse 40. Verse 40, Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. And Jesus tells a story. Verse 41, two people owed money to a certain moneylender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back. So he forgave the debts of both. Now which of them will love him more? Verse 43, Simon replied, I suppose the one with the bigger debt forgiven. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. Isn't this so like Jesus? I mean, when, when he's got negative people coming at him, Jesus tells a story, right? He doesn't respond directly like, Simon, I can't believe you thought that. No, he's like, Simon, let me tell you a story. And he, and he brings him in. And Simon's just like, why are we telling stories, you know, at the table? Like, what's, what's going on? And, and so he brings him, he tells us this story. There, there's two people. One person owes the money lender 500 and one person owes the money lender 50 neither can pay the debt neither have any way to do it but the moneylender decides to forgive both debts the one of 500 and the one of 50. now simon which one do you think would love the moneylender more and simon i mean it almost feels like he's reluctant here but he bites you know he's like okay i'll play your game jesus um i suppose the the one who got forgiven the bigger debt jesus like bingo you know you you've got it right you know, but what Simon doesn't understand is where he fits into the story. He doesn't realize that he's one of the characters in this story, but Jesus, he's about to tell him. You see, in verse 44, he says this, then he turned, so Jesus turned towards the woman and he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I came into your house, you do not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little loves little. So Jesus, he's, he's telling a story about the people in the room. He didn't use their names, but he's telling the story of Simon and the woman. And he, in this passage, kind of assigns characters. You know, in, in those days, uh, washing your feet when you entered a home was, was pretty normal. It was pretty normal because, I mean, when you think about it, they were walking around in sandals on dirt roads, right? Uh, the same roads that the animals were walking on and doing their business on. And, and so when you came into a house, it was, it was a good thing to wash your feet. So oftentimes, uh, servants would come and they would wash your feet as you entered the home or before a meal, all those different things. So it would be very typical to have your feet washed. Now, I want you to notice the comparison, Jesus says that whoever loves or is forgiven little, loves little. Uh, but whoever is forgiven much, loves much. So you've got Simon the Pharisee, who seems to have little love for Jesus. See, Jesus said um, that not only did no one in Simon's house come and, and wash his feet, but Simon didn't even give him the supplies. He didn't give him water. He didn't give him a towel. He didn't, he didn't give him anything in order to wash his feet. There was little love. But then there was this sinful woman. And she came in and she used her own tears, right, to, to wash Jesus' feet. She used her own hair to, to dry his feet. She, she kissed his feet. She, she poured expensive perfume on his feet. So in this story that Jesus is talking about, the people in the room, the one who owed 500 was this, this woman. The one who owed 500 was this woman, and the one who owed 50 was Simon the Pharisee. But we see that the sinful woman loved Jesus more because she recognized how hopeless her situation was. She recognized that, that she had a huge debt that she could not pay, and that he was the only one who could do anything about it. And because of that, we see in verse 48 it says, Then Jesus said to her, Your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say among themselves, Who is this who even forgives sins? And Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. So because of the woman's faith, not because of the actions that she took that day, not because of the love that she expressed, but because of the woman's faith, the faith that she had that she could come to Jesus and that Jesus could take care of her sin problem, Jesus sets her free. And she walks out of that room a new person that day. I mean, it, it, it was a great, a great story, a great account of what God did. So let's break it down. How can we apply this story to us, right? How can we learn from this interesting dinner party? What do you need to hear today? Well, let me ask you this. Who do you relate more to in the story? Who do you relate most to? Do you relate to Simon? Or do you relate to the woman? So I want you to be honest. I want you to think about this today. Who do you relate more to in this story? Are you like Simon? who, you know, maybe you doubt Jesus a little bit, or or maybe you're caught up in your own self-righteousness. You think, I've got nothing wrong with me. I, I, you know, I, I've got everything going on. I I try to obey the commands. I try to do everything right. You know, he always thought that he was right. He always thought that he was good. You know, Simon, he, he's got a pride issue. You know, maybe you can relate to the, the pride issue that, that Simon's got going on. Uh, maybe you can relate to the fact that I mean, think about this. Simon was in the presence of God. He was in the presence of God. But he missed the moment. He missed the moment. How often do we come in here on a Sunday morning and we experience the presence of God, but we miss the moment? So do you relate to Simon today? You think, ah, yeah, you know, I've messed up, but there's a lot of other people out there who've got a lot bigger debts than I do. Do you relate to Simon today? Or maybe you relate to the woman where you just feel labeled. You know, people look at you. They don't look at you. They just, they see what they want to see. You feel guilty. Your past just feels like it defines you. You feel humble. You feel like no one actually sees you. You know that your reputation precedes you so who do you relate to today do you relate to simon or the woman now for the simons in the room for the simons in the room here's a prayer that i think we need to we need to pray and that's this lord help me to realize the depth of my debt lord help me to realize the depth of my debt i want you to think for a moment in this story who is the greater sinner simon or the sinful woman Who's the greater sinner? I think if you would asked ask Simon that, he would have said, her for sure, right? She, she's, the, she's the sinful woman, right? Do you know what she did? Can you believe all of that stuff? Man, you can hear the reports. Or, Do you know what she did? She's got way more sin than me. You know, he could look at that story and be like, okay, yeah, I'd be the one who has the 50 in debt, but really, I think that's a bit high. You know, maybe I'm just 25 or, or 30 in debt. He could go through and he could rationalize, God, I've, I've spent my life, I mean, devoted to you, just studying your word and to teaching your people right from wrong. Surely I have little debt compared to this woman. But you know what? At the end of the day, they were both sinners. They both had a debt, no matter how great it was, that they couldn't pay, that they couldn't pay. The Bible tells us, again, the wages of sin is death. If you just have one sin in your life, it makes you guilty. If you have just disobeyed our creator, if you just disobeyed God one time in your life, that means that you are guilty and you're worthy not just of death, but eternal death in hell. And no matter how hard you try, no matter how hard you try to do good things, right to follow God, to obey him, to come back from that one sin, sin, there is nothing that you can do to pay that debt off. So no matter how low your debt is, you have a debt that you can't pay. So when it comes to Simon, Simon could sit there and he could play the comparison game. And yeah, sure, he'd win. But what about the things that were going on inside of his heart? She may have had public sin. But oh man, if we would open Simon up and we could see his heart, he was probably dealing with some stuff. The secret sin. The sin that nobody else knows about. The the sins that have never been confessed. Church, we need to realize how much Jesus has forgiven us. I mean, he's forgiven us so much. He, He forgave us a debt that we could not pay. For the Simons in this room, I just want to remind you that we don't realize how much we owe. We don't realize the debt that we've racked up. And so today, may that be our prayer. God, would you help us to realize the depth of our debt? That we could be just broken and humble before God. Because we're not, we're not deserving of his love. We're not deserving of his forgiveness. But yet he gives it freely. A couple more points here this morning. And actually, if we could have the, the keys come in and play. To those of you in this room... Who relates to the woman? I want to share this with you. Because I think you need to hear this today. Jesus sees you. Jesus sees you. When we when we look at this account, right after he tells the, uh, the story, it says that Jesus looked at the woman, but yet he said to Simon, Simon, do you see this woman? Simon, do you see this woman? You know, I'm sure Simon's saying like, yeah, of course. I got eyes. I'm not blind. I can see her. That's not what Jesus is saying. He's saying, Simon, do you see this woman? I'm not talking about do you see the labels that are put on her? Because right now all you do, you're seeing the mistakes. You're seeing the failures. You're seeing the sin. You're seeing her past. When you look at her, that's all you see. You're not seeing this woman. You're seeing her flaws. You're seeing her pain. You're seeing her, but you don't see this woman. You're seeing her reputation. Can you stop for a moment? Can you stop for a moment and look at her condition? Can you, can you see that this isn't just a sinner, but this is a real person? She's not just, she's way more than the label that you put on her. This isn't just another statistic. But, but Simon, this is the person I've been called to. Remember, Jesus came to set the captives free. And when Jesus saw this woman, he saw someone who was captive to sin that needed to be set free. And so today, if you're in this room and, and you just, you relate to that woman, kind of wear your sin on your sleeve and you're chained to your past, I want to let you know today, Jesus sees you. He sees you. He sees past the facade. Nobody else might see you. The people at work, they might not see you. They just see the label that you wear. But Jesus sees you, and he cares for you. And he sees your pain, and he sees your hurt. And while everybody else labels you one way, he sees beyond that. He says this is a person that I came to reach this is a person that I came to set free and he and he loves you in fact he loves you so much that he was willing to die for you he was willing to die for that sinful woman that everybody else around town just labeled but he was willing to die for you he wasn't worthy of death he hadn't sinned sinned so he he didn't have any debt to pay but yet he went to that cross and he died on the cross for your sins so that you could have a chance at new life so you could have a chance to be set free and and forgiven see I believe Jesus wants to forgive you today whether you relate to the woman or whether you relate to Simon he wants to set you free from all the sin and addictions in your life He, he wants to see you become an overcomer Because no matter who you are in this room today, you have a debt that you can't pay. You have a debt that you cannot pay. But because of the cross, we can have freedom. We can have new life. And and so today, just for a moment, even though we're not quite done yet, I just want to give you an opportunity to respond to the gospel. See, Jesus, he died on that cross, but after three days, he rose again. He rose again in triumph. He defeated death in the grave and now he sits at the right hand of God. And he serves as our mediator, our middleman between us and God. And when we go to him and ask for forgiveness, he he can forgive us. So this morning, I just want to give you an opportunity to respond. Would you just bow your heads and close your eyes with me for just a moment? (laughs) And today I believe Jesus just wants to set some people free in here. Maybe you've got some Addictions. You've you've got some things that you're struggling with. Maybe it's public like the woman, or maybe it's secret like Simon. I don't know what it may be, but today I know Jesus wants to set you free. I know that He wants to say your sins are forgiven, go in peace, like He did to this woman. And so today I, I just want to give a couple responses. Today, if you're in this room and you say, "Man, I I relate to Simon," you know, I, I act like I have everything, you know, together, but inside I'm. I'm struggling. Inside, I've got debts that I can't pay. I'm not walking in freedom. And today, if that's you, would you just raise your hand? Catch my eye. I want to pray for you today. I believe that there's freedom that God wants to offer you in this room. I believe that there's freedom. Anybody here today, you say you relate to Simon. second thing today today maybe you just relate to the woman you feel like you wear your sin on your sleeve you feel like no one sees you <laughs> today jesus sees you he loves you he cares for you he wants to forgive you he wants to set you free so today if that's you and you just need some freedom in your life would you, would you just slip your hand up quick and and catch my i want to pray for you today is there anybody in the room Lots of hands going up in this place today. God wants to move in your lives. He wants to change you. So today, I just want to lead you in this prayer. You can repeat it after me, but just the big thing is pray it from the heart. Would you pray it from the heart? Because I believe that, that God wants to set you free. And as we do this, he will forgive us. It doesn't say he might forgive us. No, he will. And he'll he'll change you. Maybe you've prayed this prayer 10 times or maybe this is the first time you're praying it. Would you pray this with me? Dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I'm in debt and I can't pay it. Would you forgive me? Would you be the Lord of my life? Thank you for dying and rising again in Jesus name. Amen. Amen I believe that if you prayed that prayer that and you meant it from your heart that, that Jesus set you free this morning and, and just like that that woman, she walked out a new person. She walked out a, in, a, in a changed life because Jesus set her free. Now, I want want to come back to this for just a moment because what, what she did for Jesus, right, the fact that she went and loved on Jesus and washed his feet, that did not give her salvation, but her faith did. Her faith did. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. But her response to her salvation, to Jesus, was love, right? Anyone who is forgiven little loves little, but whoever is forgiven much, loves much. And that's what her response was. She was forgiven a lot. She was forgiven all those things she knew she was guilty. But because of, because of Jesus setting her free her response was love. Her response was over the top. To do something that was taboo. Right? To go in the middle of a dinner party and just totally destroy it. Because of her love for Jesus. So let me ask you this Today how are you going to respond? How much do you love Jesus? Do you love little or do you love much? When's the last time? What's the greatest thing that you've done to show your love for Jesus? What's the greatest thing you've done to show your love for Jesus? Have you spoken up? Have you been bold for him when others have shied down? Or are you just kind of hang back? And you know, No, it says those who are forgiven little love little. But church, let me assure you today, we have all been forgiven much. We have all been forgiven much. That's, that's why, Simons, we need to know, God, show me the depth of my debt. Because those who are forgiven much, love much. This woman, she had no pride. And she was willing to do something totally taboo to worship Jesus. <laughs> May we have that kind of love for Jesus. May we have that kind of love to do something that's, that's unexpected, May we have that kind of love to go over the top for our Savior because he's worthy. He's worthy to be called King, to be called Lord. So would you stand with me today? I want to pray over you. And we've got, we've got plenty of time here. If you just need to do some business with the King of Kings, right? if you just need to sit at his feet today, these altars are open. I encourage you, spend some time. right? If you just need to get that Pharisee out of you and, and just spend some time with Jesus, or you just need to surrender yourself, And just allow God to speak life over you. Come to these altars. Find a place of freedom. Find a place of forgiveness. Lord Jesus, I thank you. Lord, I thank you that you see us. God, I thank you that you care for us. God, whether we try to keep it all on the inside or God, whether we wear everything on our sleeves and everyone sees us, you love us, you care for us. Lord, I thank you for lives that were made new today. Lord, your word says that there's angels rejoicing in heaven. There's angels rejoicing in heaven today. And so, Lord, I I pray that you would continue to make us new, that you'd keep us humble, that we would see the amount of death that we have, the the pain that we put you through on that cross. But, Lord, you do it willingly because you care for us. Thank you for seeing us when no one else does. God, I pray that you would help us. Help us to see other people the way you see people. That we wouldn't label people that, like Simon, we wouldn't just call people sinful. But Lord, we would see people that you love, that you care for. Oh, change our perspective, God. Change our perspective. Would you move in our hearts today? Lord, would you bless your people? In Jesus' name, amen. 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 These altars are open, church. I encourage you to spend some time with Jesus today.